0: You are listening to a production of the Toe Network. This is Laser Knees number 99, Familiar Sartorial Choices and Heartbreak. I'm Aleph.
1: And I'm Sono, and this is Dino Knight Sentai Ryu Soldier, episode 25, Kureon Dances. And Lord, does she ever. Yes, she do. And episode 26, The Seventh night. Our writer for 25 is Kaneko Kauri, The Return... Mm. And uh, for 26, it is Yamaoka Junpei, our director for 25 is Watanabe Katsuya, and for 26 is Kashiwagi Hiro.
0: Right on. Good couple people and and this is this is one of the ones where Kanako kind of redeems themselves herself it's, i feel like i feel like it's a female name but i don't actually know
1: i'm not sure
0: no.
1: i've been under the assumption that Kanako Kauri is female but i'm not sure where well, i my brain is pulling that information from so i could very much be wrong
0: yeah i uh, feel but it like is, it is
1: it is one of their better episodes
0: yes yeah i'm just for those listening who haven't listened to us talk about Kanako Kauri before I'm just going to default to they because I do not know. And uh, it sucks to misgender people. It does. I mean, they is arguably, but I mean, at least at that point you admit, yeah, I am not actually sure because I don't know them. Anyway, um, before we get going, um, and, and this isn't even me saying anything bad about Nada, the character. I like Nada, the character. I am, however, saying that that's Pallet's coat he's wearing. That coat belongs to Pallet, the coat chosen specifically for Pallet to wear. Pallet's coat.
1: It is. I didn't even notice because, like, I'm so used to the, like, wires and stuff being there.
0: Yeah, I just, I was just looking at it, I'm like, it was so annoying, just in the back of my head, and then it just hit me. That's Palad's coat.
1: I mean, it's not the first time they have reused a piece of costume.
0: No, it is not, but it's sure fun when you start, like, noticing that. Like, when you could say, hey, that's one of Jake's hoodies back in Gaim.
1: Back in Gaim and in x yeah uh, Nico wore it.
0: That's right.
1: but uh, even even further back than that, I did notice that Watero and Philip uh, share a pair of boots.
0: I just I really want to just walk through Toei's costume vault. Yes, none of it could fit me unless for some reason they kept uh, the suit that Mr. Brown wore in that one episode of Shit Kencher. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying I will happily show up to be like Ru Brown.
1: He did come back, and he was in, uh, Kill Reager.
0: Oh, really? Wow.
1: He was, uh, Amazing.
0: Aqua. Oh, he actually got to be an official one.
1: I'm pretty sure that was the same guy. Because I, I remember people talking about that. I'm pretty yeah. sure that was him again. Good
0: good for good for Richard Brown. Ryusoul Brown. Or rather, Shinken Brown. He's, um... That is still one of my favorite episodes, because I, I spend the whole time going like, okay, am I getting roasted? right now? Or is this an affectionate love letter? I feel like it's both. But anyway, um, in more important news, uh, while I do not remember the name, uh, and, and probably wouldn't want to say it out loud because I don't know how much you've heard, Sono, and I know you do not much care for spoilers, it has been said, it has been released that Toei has trademarked a new Sentai series, which means that Ryu Soldier did its job and saved the franchise for... I mean, for at least another year. And that's, you know, good on you, Rue Soldier.
1: Yeah, I I haven't heard any details, but I did hear that the trademark dropped. So, you know, we did it. Mm-hmm. We successfully made it another year.
0: We accomplished something.
1: So, you know, good job, Rue Soldier. You did the thing.
0: But just that, just wanted to get that out of the way, because that's a very happy, very exciting thing. Um, Also not terribly surprising, because, hey, I don't know if y'all knew, uh, Re-Soldier rules.
1: Yes, and things are selling very well. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not
0: surprised, because, honestly, a lot of those toys are really cool. And I want a Tiramigo.
1: I have a little vinyl Tiramigo, and I love him.
0: Yeah, no, it's good. It's, It's proper. He's a good boy. Except to Melto, which... I, I, I hope we examine that sometime and I mean, that it's not a terrible reason because i don't want to have to ground my son
1: to to be fair you, him and in in uh episode 25 like he he did call melt by the wrong name again but when his soul came out Melt was really concerned about him so i think at this point it may just be playful banter between the two of them
0: i'm down with that i hope so
1: uh, also, I did look it up, and uh, Shinkan Brown and Kyoru Cyan are not the same actor. Oh. Uh, I just wanted to clear that up, so don't at me.
0: In fairness, uh, a lot of us bulky white dudes, we do kind of look alike. Especially if we got facial hair.
1: Uh, I definitely did not remember exactly how uh, Shinkin Brown looked. Mm. Uh, they actually... Look significantly different, but um, could not remember how he looked, and I don't know why I remembered people talking about that. I memories are bad and terrible, uh, but I just wanted to clear that up before people you at don't me about get... it. Don't yeah. don't at me. I don't care. Yeah. I've already um, corrected myself.
0: Yeah, you can just go back to the well actually. But hey, that takes us nicely into things we didn't like or appreciate the in these episodes and uh well, let's let's just get into that because there's a lot of good stuff to talk about, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm generally pretty fond of Oto as a character who like hangs out and dunks on her brother because he deserves it, but she kind of overreacted a little bit to Conalo asking like, "Hey, when are you going to go back to the ocean?"
0: Yeah, which I mean, like, look. If we're gonna have all the bits where she's acting like kind of a, of a child, you know, because she is one, we also need to stop where in other episodes there's bits where she's being all creepy and talking big about her crush on Melto. Uh, like, we've we've had a lot of discussions around this before, and I get that we haven't actually referenced her crush for Melto in the show for a bit, and that's you know, good. But it just, it feels really confusing with regard for how old she's supposed to read to people. Because, like, look, as a podcast, we have established that she's played by a 12-year-old. She should be treated as such. But they, they sure have seemed to kind of want to muddle it in the past. Yeah, a little bit. That's, yeah. Which, look, that was on, on Kaneko Kaori. That's just a thing this show has done. Honestly, I think we're just going to blame it on... um. Oh, goodness, what's his name? Creepy guy. Anyway, it, does, it doesn't matter. Everyone likes his directing. He's just kind of a creepy because he likes his cameras. Like Oh, anyway. Sakamoto. Sakamoto. Koichi Sakamoto. Thank you. But anyway, that said, I do have to say I kind of appreciate her wanting to hang out on the surface because there's a lot more interesting stuff going on there right now. And contrary to Disney, I'm not entirely convinced that it's necessarily better down where it's wetter. And I do not trust the taste of a crustacean.
1: Fair enough. Like, she does seem to be going back and forth between the surface and the ocean. Because she'll be gone a... for three yeah. or four episodes at a time. And it's not like her and Conalo, like, have an apartment or live anywhere on the surface. So, I don't know, like, the way he says it, I took it as more like, yeah, when when are you going home? When is the last time you've eaten? Or, like... Hey, when when are you planning to head back to the ocean? Can you like grab some of my stuff for next time you come up here? Like, I don't know, maybe I miss some kind of nuance, but it's not like Canelo was like seemed frustrated with her being like, Hey, go find a wife, because I mean that's what he's trying to do anyway. He wasn't <clears throat> like, Oto, you're you're getting on my nerves, go back home. He was just like, Hey, what's your plans? Like, her reaction just seemed really harsh and weird for how mellow Conolo was asking the question.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was. I, I was sort of taking it as her being annoyed that she was. She felt like she was being sent away when there's cooler stuff to do up on land, uh, where they'd understand that they don't reprimand their daughters. Grown-up women, sickest women, ready to sand. But either way like it was a bit much and apparently i remember a lot of lyrics from the little mermaid
1: <laughs> oh i know i know pretty much every song from the little mermaid so don't uh look, here's, here's the thing don't though. worry about um,
0: it they called that the disney renaissance because they had some good songs in that era
1: yeah look that movie saved disney so yeah like i'm sure if Oda wanted to stay on the surface like she could just stay at ui's house No one cares. Apparently everyone else is doing that. Like, Mm. I don't know, Nada seems to be staying there. So clearly she doesn't care who just wants to, like, crash in her house.
0: Although I have to say, in Kanola's case, I think there might be a bit of care. Because, uh, Creepy Dude goes around asking randos to marry him.
1: I mean, fair enough, but, like... Where is he staying,
0: though? Because now you've brought it up, I'm just... It's gonna end up being the, uh, Q Ranger thing again. How's his little brother doing? Just, I mean, this, someone tell me!
1: This is, does seem to be, like, the reoccurring Sixth Ranger mystery, because, like, where did Noel live?
0: Yeah, no, that's a very good question. I just assumed he was rich and just rented out, uh, like, the top floor of a, motel, of a hotel or something.
1: I mean, probably, because he is. But, you know. like, wait, where did he live? Where, I mean, we knew where, um, where, uh, Misao lived, he just lived in a tent by the river, but, you know, that was the last time when we knew where someone was living. I mean, in yeah. Q-Ranger, technically, Surugi is the sixth and he lived on the ship, but we had the mystery of, you know, where is Kotaro's brother? Where is he? And then they told us, and it was fine. But, yeah, like, exactly.
0: I don't in know. In one line.
1: Like, does Kanalo go back to the ocean at night? Yeah, this is, and if so, this like, why is everyone? Why is Oto even mad?
0: Anyway, we uh, we could go yeah. on this for a while.
1: Anyway, I have but, another I have another Oto related problem. So,
0: oh dear, I, uh, I'm hoping it's it's not one of the Sakamoto problems. So that's, no,
1: uh, thankfully, because I didn't
0: notice a lot of Sakamotoing, which you know, good. <laughs> just imagine the the kid from the GIF just doing the nodding and thumbs up. Yeah, that's me right now.
1: Well, th- neither of these were him, so thank God. Yeah, exactly. But um, someone explained to me how Oto watched the Kureon video. Like, she doesn't have a cell phone. She doesn't even know what a cell phone is. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess Toa and Bombo were gonna check someone else's phone to be like, what? what was this person doing when they froze? So I don't know, maybe she also stumbled upon someone and did that. But it's, it's just a pretty sharp transition from, like, three seconds ago when the last scene was her running off from Kanalo to Kanalo running in, carrying his soulless sister on his back, being like, Don't watch that video! Oto watched the video! Like, I'm all for getting from point A to point B in the fewest needed steps, but we do actually need to see, like, one or two of those steps. Yeah, like, no. I don't know, maybe Toa and Bamba should have walked in on Conalo fighting the Minosaur, and then he could have explained it to them, rather than having him run in from nowhere. It was just a really weird transition. And I guess that first scene really didn't need to be there at all. It established really nothing in this episode, now that I'm no. thinking about it.
0: Yeah, no, you, you put it that way, it really didn't. Like, so, like, look, oh, come on.
1: It's just, I guess that maybe it's supposed to establish, like, why Conolo is so relieved at the end. Because it's like, oh, they got in a fight, and then something bad happened to his sister. But I feel like he would have reacted that way, even if she had not been in a fight with him before she, like, got her soul taken out.
0: I I definitely feel like it, yeah.
1: Like, his reaction would not have been unreasonable if, like, this just happened.
0: yeah. Like, look, I know it's probably unfair, I'm, I, and I know it comes from the fact that I do still have lingering beef with the writer, so I'm just going to call it like Kaneko Kaori wanting to set up a big moment and not pay off that moment, and also just skip over the moments that would have got us where we're going. Kaneko Kaori has actually done some really good, good bits, but also... They were a big factor in some of those episodes of Lupot that were not very good.
1: Yeah, I mean, and... to be fair, this is not a bad episode by any means. No, this, no, it really isn't. This particular part may have been rushed, but for what it's worth, it was still a cute episode.
0: Oh, yeah, look, outside of a couple little, little bits where I just, I'm just still mad at her, at them, I just, outside of that... Yeah, I, got, I, got, I don't really got a lot else. Because, yeah, the nitpick is fair. It's Yeah, stands. I
1: mean, like, look, I'm gonna be mad about Sakuya and that whole, like, filming a movie episode of Lupot forever. I'm never not gonna be mad about that. It was bad. How dare you do this to a Green Ranger? Mm. And, like, make me spend two-thirds of a series not liking a Green Ranger? How dare you? But... I mean, honestly, all in all, if these are our biggest problems with the episode, they're over within the first two minutes of the episode.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It, look, it's a real good episode. And speaking of real good episodes, like, I couldn't think of anything bad in 26.
1: I couldn't either. 26 yeah, was like, solid.
0: Yeah. Which, hey, good on on uh, Yamaoka Junpei taking a, little we- taking a little break to make sure... That 26 sang, because it did.
1: Yeah, no, it was really incredible.
0: But, well, hey, since we're talking about good stuff, let's just get into the good stuff. We'll start with 25 and and just build from there.
1: Okay, so I was kind momentarily kind of bummed that the show picked on Melt as the one who kept messing up the dance, especially since I feel like Ko would probably have a harder time remembering, like, dance steps. hmm but I did love that his friends, like, immediately rush in to encourage him and try and help him figure out where he's going wrong so he can, like, keep doing this fun thing with them, even though a few scenes later at the park saying that the Druidon dance better than him was very unnecessary.
0: Yeah, no, that's- that's really uncalled for.
1: But, like, look, in spite of what Tiramigo says in that scene at the park, Melth really wasn't wrong. Like- Louis wasn't paying them to do this. I mean, I guess they do let them live and eat for free in their house, but still, like, I don't know. The way that Asuna made it sound, they have been doing this for hours. Don't overwork your talent. Like, part of me wonders if this is some subtle meta-commentary, but I don't know if Kaneko's been around long enough to really know the worst of how Toei can sometimes treat the people working for them?
0: Well, if nothing else, I'm sure they've seen enough of the stuff going on around or on the set or heard a story or two from actors, writers, and directors. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised.
1: That's true.
0: And and honestly, if it is a a bit of a, you know, a little bit of a a nudge-nudge, low-key jab at the at the higher ups. I'm here for it.
1: Yeah, I mean I look I'm always here for that. And Kaneko did work on Zuojer and that did have an actor who went all the way back to Fies and as much as he loves, you know, Fies and Kusaka, I'm sure he has some stories. <laughs> oh
0: wow, yes. Uh, I would love that's a dude I would love to hear the stories of. Like, he... So why didn't you why didn't you show up in zhuo when you were, like, a major character? Uh, they couldn't pay me enough, and I didn't care. Oh, okay.
1: Like, he It'd seems be to be willing to do Kusaka-related things at the drop of the hat to the point where <laughs> he financed some Hello Kitty thing that then had, like, a Hello Kitty-Fies crossover.
0: Amazing.
1: Like if you if you've seen any of the like Hello Kitty in like the Fies and Kaiksa stuff, like, that's because he funded that.
0: Oh, he's a hero for our time.
1: But I'm still I'm sure he has his fair share of stories. Oh yeah. But uh Kurian has finally made her debut on the YouTube scene. And with some pretty impressive production values. No lie. Like, uh, I'm proud of you, you little slime ball. Though, man, just when I had been feeling pretty warm toward Weisel, uh, kind of back to wanting to push him into traffic as a <laughs> content creator, as, you know, someone who's also a content creator. Because um, not only is he, like, taking Kurion's work that he was totally uninvolved in making and saying that it makes him the greatest entertainer of all time. Like, for all Kureon is down with some mayhem, she doesn't even want this particular project of hers to be used in this way. It's not why she made it. It was just something she did for fun. Yeah,
0: and she did it with her her friend, no less. Her one human friend. And honestly, like, meeting him, he seems like a good dude, even. I, he really made me hope for the the, the, the Kyoryuger thing. Where Crayon can get to be alive after the end of the show and instead of being a villain just goes around making YouTube videos supported by like Sentaiverse Patreon or whatever. Cause um again, those are really good production values on what did not look like a massive amount of budget looking at that dude's apartment.
1: Man, maybe this episode is some meta commentary on stuff because that feels like a big old jab at both Toei and like corporate YouTube culture. <laughs>
0: ain't wrong uh and it works on a lot of levels because look like i'm not gonna jab paid creativity that's that's great but who boy uh when it comes to the money people and people taking credit like it can just mess with folks because a lot of people don't consider it to be real work and anyone who says such things out loud frankly deserves a slap upside the head
1: yeah uh, not welcome here
0: no uh if you add us with that i like We'll just block
1: you. Like I I said, uh, I I am someone who has had to monetize my hobbies. Don't at me with that nonsense. Yeah, no. Um, I love that Bamba is so socially awkward that seeing people totally frozen in place for what seems like hours on end only registers to him as something about this seems slightly odd and I wonder if I should feel concerned.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it it definitely... Red-like, the thought that was going through his head was, Huh, the world is exactly as I would prefer it to be. Silent, calm, nobody acting unpredictably. This is nice. Oh wait, that's also bad, isn't it? Crap. Just that sort of thing. I I would kind of like them to reshoot it. Like, not really, but you know, in my head, there's just a lot of, like, him just slumping in to give the news to everyone. Ugh, guys, we have to, like, fix everything, because... Everything is finally paradise out there and that's bad, isn't it? I just I really like done with people Bomba. Uh I, I I just really enjoy him. Especially since like look they haven't they haven't had him do a begrudging high five in a while.
1: No, but uh he does have some begrudging at the end of this episode and we'll get yes, to he that. Does. Um Though Ui sitting, Ui's dad sitting with her and like holding her hands and worrying about her was so sweet mm. and sad like he was just he was so worried
0: especially so soon after his dead wife just came back for like 20 minutes so you know she was on his mind especially since like Ui made the the hamburg steak with with the caramelized onions just for him and I was just like like this poor guy
1: yeah, He's and not I mean, having fun. Like, you know, this girl tried to throw herself off a cliff in episode two. Like, he knows that his daughter has gone through some rough stuff and has, you know... She seems like she's been depressed for a while in her private life. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if she maybe has had some, like, disassociative episodes before.
0: Well, if nothing else, like, in episode one, she's just kicking it in Aokigahara.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, like...
0: Oh, his dad... Like, look, I get it. I actually appreciate that, that it adds a lot of, of nuance and warmth to their relationship, which was already one of the best... Like, he's one of the best dads in, in like, superhero media generally. But it, it adds a lot to the two of them, and they just do not deserve any of this nonsense. Mental health is tough enough to manage in like, the best of times, never mind monsters attacking and, like, literally sucking out your soul.
1: Yeah. And just, I also just really love the whole bit of her dad just, like, going over to, to Ko and everyone and being like, hey, I know Ui's kind of a handful sometimes, so, like, she's never really had friends, so, you know, thanks for hanging out with her. And Asuna just runs in and grabs him and was like, of course we're her friends, we love her. It's, it's proper. And, you know, Co and Melto step up to that. And it was just really nice. And especially since Melt had been mad at her. Like, I think that's kind of a good thing to put in a kid's show. Like, just because your friend is mad at you, or you're mad at your friend, doesn't mean you're not friends anymore. Like, if you care about them, the two of you need to sit down and sort it out. Because, you know, if you're friends, you still are gonna want to step up for each other.
0: Yeah, exactly. And look, sometimes sometimes you just, you snap because you've been working at a dance thing for hours, and and you are the one who keeps messing up and making everything have to start over, and so you have shame and frustration and all kinds of things, and like, yeah, they had a fight, but like, it feels to me that's not even one they have to talk about outside of Melt saying, hey, look, sorry, I snapped, and Ui saying, hey, look, sorry I made you do this for like three hours. Just there's there's a lot of good stuff in this show. It's just also really harrowing though every time they put Ui in the line of fire like that and I do not care for it. Even as I think it's well done and it's kind of welcome and it gives her more stakes in the in the show, but also I don't like worrying about her.
1: Yeah, I mean thankfully this was at least the least direct danger she's been in. True. But so... also this
0: is this is this one also involved like her dad like holding her hand while she's comatose and like hey thanks for being her friend guys she really needs people in her life and like I was crying everything was all emotional and stuff I had feelings like I they need to go to jail 100 years dungeon
1: illegal also, this is a very small thing, but I love that Karyon's got one of those, like, big soft iPad bumpers with, like, the big handle on it that's made for six-year-olds so that they, like, don't destroy their expensive iPads. Like, that just feels correct.
0: Yeah, I mean, she is basically just, a uh, kind of an awful child. But also, like, hey, she's got limited abilities given that her fingertips are the longest parts of her fingers because, you know, she's a suit but she's found ways to make it work for her and shows no shame about using adaptive technologies and you know what good for you girl cuz a lot a lot of people i have i have heard it said uh, if they do not experience shame they experience people trying to shame them for using adaptive technologies and yo that's nonsense <laughs> so good on you Kareon. you you remain my favorite in this show which is saying something cuz uh like my son is in this show so She's- I- I like her more than I like my own kid. It's messed up.
1: Also, bless our good mushroom for having made a friend. Yeah. All she wants is to make some videos and hang out with this one human that she doesn't totally despise and just have a good time. And I'm happy for her. Me too. Like, she didn't even slime him on purpose. It was an accident. And she, like, felt bad about it. And, like- The fact that it happened after shooting the video is proof enough that, you know, she was just trying to have a good time and do this and, like, wasn't using this dude for a minosaur. She just, you know, wanted to hang out and make a video. She's been slowly exploring YouTube this whole time. I'm so proud of her. Also, I think she likes him because he's got that weird, like, mushroom bowl haircut. Like, they don't say it, and I think the haircut is just supposed to make him look kind of nerdy but I'm also gonna believe that she's just, like, adopted him as one of her own.
0: I, I choose to believe this as well. Maybe other humans might not treat him well, because, yeah, he does look like a mushroom. But also, he's a human who understands that it's awesome to be a mushroom, and I like to think that's how they got started talking. If it wasn't just, like, hanging out in the comment sections of their favorite videos. Because, you know, I, I'm sure that's a thing that could happen. Just strike up a conversation. Sometimes you think someone's cool. Yeah. Hey, I always wanted to pro- I always wanted to direct a music video. I just don't know any friends who can sing. I can sing. Do you have a like dancers, backup band? <laughs> Brother, I got you covered. Let's do this. Oh, uh, PS, I'm a I'm a horrific mushroom monster. Okay, but will you star in my music video? Yeah. All right. Cool. I never met a horrific mushroom monster. Let's hang out. I just, I like this guy more and more the more I uh, more I fanfic him in my head.
1: Yeah, no, he's a good dude. Though I do feel bad that Crayon had to delete the video, but, yeah. like, man, that's such a bold move made entirely out of spite because her mm-hmm. boss called it trash, and that's, like, the most amazing move she could have pulled. Yeah, dude. And it just, it kind of establishes for us Krayon isn't really on the Druidon side. She's on the side of whatever capricious whim she is feeling at the moment. And nine times out of ten, that's chaos and destruction and things work out. But today it was just to make a fun YouTube video, and then someone used it in a way she didn't like and had the audacity to insult her hard work. So she took her toys and went home, and man, I can respect that.
0: Yeah, same, same. And also, I love that she just throws it right back in Weisel's face like that. Oh, yeah, you know, it was trash, so I deleted it. Right at the moment of victory, when it would have just done everything you wanted and made you get hailed as a hero among the Doridon. But it was just trash, so, you know, who cares? So the important lesson here for everyone is, give credit where it's due, especially to your subordinates. Or, like, Honestly, she's not acting as as his subordinate in this moment, so if you're going to steal something, at least give credit, Uh, if not lots and lots of money. But just ensure that your criticism is constructive and also welcome when you give it in person. Learning to be a critic for your friends is a difficult skill to learn, but one which requires a lot of sensitivity.
1: And I mean, if it means we end up redeeming Crayon at the end, this will have made for a nice first step in that direction, just... Again, explicitly showing she's not directly involved in the Druidon's interests. She's just kind of doing whatever she wants to be doing.
0: Again, again, it fits in very well with with uh, Tank Joe just rolling up on her planet and like, hey, who wants to wreck a whole planet? And she's just like waving her hand. What's she here for? The mayhem. But just like, also, I want to say that anyone who can appreciate art, and would be willing to delete their own art because it is being exploited, could definitely be brought around to the good side. Oh, yeah. Because if her reaction had been, well, he is using it to cause pain and suffering, even though that wasn't my intention, that's fine. I'm okay with it. In fact, it serves my interests and will maybe make me money down the line. Uh, that would be bad, and that would be the kind of person I would be very skeptical about having the capacity to be, to be redeemed. Because they they're being very jerky about art, and I'm not for that. Art, art is beautiful, man. Art is life. Living is an art. Anyway, let's let's move on before I just go on a rant there.
1: Okay, so y'all, the whole end of the episode that is them setting up to record again and actually diegetically transitioning into the ending that was inspired
0: yeah yeah like
1: that was art
0: that really was Wait. and and just it was an amazing bit especially for the midpoint of the show because I don't know why but it, it really it seemed like a kind of a capping moment to me and I don't know why
1: yeah and just, you know, having, you know, Toa's now in line with them and Conalos like, ready in the back to kind of jump in and then, like, they just all kind of look and Bamba's not where, he's not in line, he's not on his mark and he's just kind of begrudgingly in the corner like, what, you expected me to do this too? Yeah, fine, okay, fine. Like, that was precious and I love him. He continues to somehow be my favorite character in this show. But, like, a thing that I've noticed, and I think I've commented on it before, is that he's kind of always been looking off in a weird direction during the ending dance. He's not- he's always looking off to, like, the bottom right corner of the screen. And I've always just been like, oh, his actor is watching a monitor. But now, I don't have to be meta about it, he's watching Ui's dad because he doesn't know the dance. <laughs> because he like wasn't it. paying attention when they showed it to Toa because he didn't plan to be involved.
0: Yeah, why, w- why would he do it? That's silly.
1: And then, you know, they, add, they added a shot. In this, where we have our whole protagonist family, we add Ui and her dad and Oto doing the dance, and all with the other six, uh, in- in, like, the office area of the house. And I wish they had permanently added that shot to the ending, because I love it so much.
0: Oh, same. Big same. But just... It's just- No, go ahead. No, no, I- you could, I don't know I was about to say, like, you- you said the thing. I want to add more, but there's nothing more to say except- That's a good bit. I want to see it. Yeah, no,
1: I just, I wish it was a shot that they had permanently added. And just, using the ending this way, just all in all, was an incredibly cute framing device for the episode, and it was a great bookend for for both sides of the episode. Yeah. And I just, I absolutely loved it, and, like, I hate to dig on Kyo Ryuji, but... The thing I hate- I have so many problems with Cure but my biggest problem is that they use their opening theme as some, like, voice of God world-saving deus ex mahina at the end of the show. Like, literally, the whole cast comes together and holds hands and sings the opening, and that's what saves the world, and I hate it.
0: Like, it sounds like a thing that would be cool, but,
1: mm, It's not. It. It's- it's yeah. really bad. Where this is just such a fun, cute, one-off little thing of, like, no, we just put, we put together the ending theme and, like, green-screened that background in and did, and, like, that's fun. That's fun and cute and isn't some, it doesn't feel weird.
0: No, it actually flowed really well into things. It, it fit perfectly.
1: It's just it's it was so good and I loved it.
0: Yeah, which uh, I think takes us into twenty six because we're literally talking about the end credits.
1: Yeah, so uh, let me tell you, I was worried when we literally opened the episode with Conolo in the diffused romantic light filter. I was I was concerned mm-hmm. and unhappy. And then seeing that filter immediately cut out when he gets dunked upon 30 seconds into the episode by a rando who just shows up to cheer this woman up with no expectation of even getting her name was such a comfort as to how this episode was going to go.
0: Yeah. Honestly, anytime you can- Anytime Kanalo gets dunked on, I still remember the caricature artist. God, she she's She was she's my, she's my She
1: favorite. was so good. Um. And like we're gonna have some long talks about Nada over the next few episodes, I can tell. Oh yeah. Uh, because again, a we're lot. we're recording two episodes behind what's out. Um. And he, there are some things, but it was just such a great way to introduce him as a character that I'm willing to welcome into this show and let have his fair shot at things.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, like, I get the impression, honestly, that maybe a lot of the writing staff doesn't entirely dig on Conolo that much. Which, you know, like, it does make me wish the thing you suggested last time, where he just he's, just gets married off-screen somewhere, and we just have him be married now. But it also felt to me like they're kind of finding a way, while dunking on Conlo. To do a kind of sidelong sixth, or I guess in this case seventh, ranger in the style of Common uh, Rider Mage from Common Rider Wizard, uh, who was uh, the secondary writer that you could tell the writers wanted to do, but not the one the producers wanted to do because Common Rider Beast came in. And nothing against Common Rider Beast, he's great, but-
1: He's great, he just should have had his own show. Also,
0: okay, short digression, I ha- look, I haven't had as many as normal this episode. Um, I love that the new guy's name is Nada, because, okay, that means Zero, Zilch, nothing, usually a villain name, which, or, or an anti-hero name, like Zero from uh, uh, Mega Man X. Uh, but most importantly, it is also the name of Rowdy, Rider, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, his character in John Carpenter's *They Live*, uh, in which he guest starred with one of the great gods of uh, North American voice and character acting, Keith Frickin David. Look, I just really like *They Live*. I- I'm not even gonna get into the, the the really brutal fight scene. It's just it's a it's a good movie, especially if uh you get really into like oh yeah like. Advertising is messing with your head, man. Because, boy, that's what that movie is about. That's a depressing movie. I love it so much. Anyway, let's move on, or else I'm just. this is going to turn into a John Carpenter cast.
1: Uh, so I'm going to talk about some stuff in a little while that's going to sort of go against everything I'm saying right now. But... I was really pleased to have Nada show up as a candidate to have been Soul Red, but seemed genuinely happy to meet Ko and just want to help fight the Druidon. Like, of course, I was also immediately suspicious. Um, And again, more on that later. But having him show up with no real outward malice towards Ko and actively trying to encourage him to continue fighting as Red because their master chose Ko for a reason, was- that was unexpected and nice. It was. And look, I'd rather regret fighting than regret not fighting is a great line, and Yamaoka should be proud to have written it.
0: Yeah. No, I- people who can find a poetic way to put forth that sentiment, I always feel like they should be proud. It's a good way to be.
1: Like, honestly, Yamaoka should be proud of this whole episode, because it's incredible.
0: True that. Like, like that I had some feelings in... in this episode, dude. Yes, I especially, also did. Especially since, like, I was kind of a little crapsack of a kid who, like, uh, later on through time and whatnot, uh, turned into an SJW. <sighs> Sorry, I have to say it like that because I need the mocking to be as clear as day. But, but uh, if...
1: Like, just to get into, like, really the theme, the core, the thesis of this episode, like, we learn a lot about our original three as people in this episode. And Ko was this horrible, violent little monster of a child who, like, would just jump on people and beat them. And, you know, Melt was there and he would try and hold Ko back, but he couldn't. So he's really the only one who knew just how bad Ko used to be. And, you know, all he realized was, you know, Asuna showed up and that changed. So, you know, maybe it was, he doesn't really know what it is about Asuna. But he's like, yeah, no, she came and he befriended her and wanted to, help her and then we come back to that idea with this reveal that it's not just that asuna showed up it's that ko saw melt be kind to asuna and was so impressed by melt wanting to befriend her instead of just being her rival that it made him want to change and be better and That, like, moved me to tears. That's really beautiful. And then, you know, having that reinforced by this bit where Nada tells Ko about this conversation with Master Red, where he's like, hey, yeah, you gotta be strong to be a knight, but you also have to be kind, means that Master Red saw how hard Ko had worked to learn to be kind and how highly Ko had come to value being kind, that he's like, that's the guy. That's who deserves to inherit this. Like, taking Ko, a character who was introduced to us and whose entire framework as a character is built upon his kindness, and not only stripping him of that within the episode, but making the kindness he has now part of a larger arc of growth about learning to be kind and actively choosing to be kind and how that came from seeing the people in his life choosing to be kind to each other and wanting to be part of that and make himself better because of that and that being what made him the co that we know now like, that's honestly one of the most beautiful stories Sentai has ever told.
0: Yeah, I have to agree. Especially how there's that bit in there where Young Ko is, is just thinking, like, oh, aren't some people just naturally kind? And hey, like, look, maybe some people are. I don't know. Because uh, for the rest of us out here, being kind is a skill, and it's one you never stop practicing. And also, it is a skill that is, frankly, one well worth learning. Because, um, boy, there's enough just really mean, cruel, awful people in the world. Just too many. I wish they would all stop being such jerks. But not to mention, okay, before so I don't get completely existentially despairing. Um, this plot thread also gave us a reason for uh, Shigeki Ito, the suit actor for Ryusoul Red, to have that fight where you see that Ko could be a frickin' demon on the battlefield if you took away his kindness. I, I haven't been that scared of a person in a suit since episode 35 of Kuga, where Kuga loses his sugar on a monster, and the whole show just sort of like steps back and is like, Holy crap! Like, it's that kind of intense? I was legitimately worried for the rest of the team, which, like, I didn't think they were gonna have Ko murder the rest of the team, but they kind of made you think he
1: might. Yeah, like, it really adds to the bits of temper that we've seen from Co, because we've seen that he gets angry. Yeah, you do. And he's got this rage inside of him that he's just really worked hard to learn how to focus over the course of his training. And now we've got this moment where all of that is ripped away and we see it just going absolutely buck wild. And like, yeah, it makes you really glad that he sat down and took his master's words to heart. Because that first bit when like, those first moments where he's lost that kindness and you see him just turn, dragging the sword along the ground and, like, the sparks are coming up. Like, uh-huh. that was visceral. Like, that happens and you know Ko is, there's something wrong with him. Yeah. And that it's gonna be bad.
0: Yeah. It re- like, I, uh, I, I feel so bad getting so excited about the bits where it's like, oh yeah, and then he's... Like, it's not that he got possessed by a demon, but he might as well have. But like,
1: wow, that was a
0: really great bit of suit acting, of, of directing, cinematography, choreography. Just, that, that scene was really well done.
1: Yeah, also... it was. And, I mean, I want to also hand some props to the face actors, because the scene that immediately follows... Where Toa throws Ko up against a wall, and you just see Ko trying to figure out what exactly he'd been doing? hmm Like, god, that was incredible.
0: Yeah, it was. Also, okay, since we're, since we're talking about uh, Shigeki Ito, I, I just want to give a little bit of context, because this dude is uh, laser knees approved uh at least as a suit actor i don't know anything about him as a person i imagine he's cool uh but uh, shigeki ito subbed in for stinger or sasuri orange in q ranger for one episode but also in Lupot he was the suit actor for noel aka lupin x and patrin x which heck yeah
1: dang he ascended the ranks quickly didn't he yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm glad to see him bumped up to a red status, because if this is what he's capable of, he deserves it. That guy has got talent.
0: Yeah, he does. And skill. Which, like, is even more funny to me. Just to talk about the, the suit actor, given some thoughts we'll be having about Nada in just a couple here, because I read ahead in notes.
1: Just so you know, we're scripted. Yeah. Sort of. well you know,
0: you know it's 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 good to have notes because uh as as our dear listeners, especially those who've been with us for a while will have noticed uh we I tend at least to uh to tangent it's both really of us. hard
1: it's both yeah. of us we get distracted very easily
0: yeah no it's uh it's a plague anyway,
1: so I don't know who this kid they've got playing young co is. But man, that was some real good casting. Just, he looks just like him. The kid looks just like Ichinose. Um, Hayate. Ichinose Hayate, I believe is his full name. Uh, the guy who plays Ko. Like, he's got a really distinct nose. And this kid has, like, the exact same nose. Like, he really just looks exactly like him.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, there is some S-rank casting going on there. But being fair, that's actually kind of a common thing here on Ryu Soldier. This show has, like, their casting has not been messing about.
1: No, everyone has been absolutely solid. Also, the bit of Asuna trying to, like, distract Ko from being upset, like, trying to give him popcorn and suggesting that everyone go play hide-and-seek, and and then being like, oh man, I bet Bamba would find some really crazy hiding places, because he's really intense. Like, she doesn't really know what exactly is going on with Ko or how to solve the problem, but she knows the things that usually cheer him up, so she's just, you know, trying her best, because that's her best friend.
0: Yep. And look- as as someone who has been in kind of the Osita situation and the co one um like yeah you might not always do the right thing when your friends are going through weird places especially when it's kind of existential stuff like i feel like i've forgotten how to be kind which i i wouldn't i wouldn't want to have to deal with that because that's really intense but at the same time it's good to help where you can or at least try to. Austin awesome is good people is what I'm saying. I She's I like doing that.
1: her best. She's trying to take care of her best friend the way he has always taken care of her. Yeah. And I appreciate well, that.
0: Yeah, it's really good.
1: I also appreciate that like when Kanalo finds that it's that woman that he saw at the beginning of the episode um the one she's the one the Minosaur is from. They dialed his sympathy back to He is just so grief-stricken by this woman's suffering. It's not that, like, he wants to run in and be this hero for her. He just sees that, like, oh man, all this woman wants in the world is for someone to be nice to her. Which, I was so afraid that that was gonna be him, like, running in being like, I will be your new boyfriend. Yeah. And, no, they just let him have this moment where he just- he was so in pain by seeing another human being suffering. He was genuinely sad about it. And, like, more of that, please. Yeah. Because the kid playing Kanalo can do it. He
0: can. And, honestly, just him being kind in that moment was really lovely. Honestly, just like I could just do with the Sentai members being kind to people all day. Like, it's just, it's nice. Also, that, like, what is her negative emotion that the Minosaur is feeding on? It's that she just wants kindness. Like, oh, that's terrible. And also made the best worst monster. Because, like, that thing is a nightmare. But also, just, what a horrific thing that comes from such a relatable place. Like, I just want kindness. Oh, but I didn't mean for it to be taken from other people. But also I would like for people to give me their kindness. It's it's a good it's a good monkey paw thing. Yeah. I like the monkey paw monsters, what can I say? They're they're so mean.
1: They are some of the best. Mm-hmm. And then just that whole final bit of Ko stepping in and like remembering this thing that Master Red says to him about kindness coming from having someone to care about, and then you see him just look at the whole team. Like, it's not just Asuna or Melt, it's everyone. And then, you know, seeing him stand in between them and the, the monster and not only stand up for them, but his, the return of his kindness is what gave everyone their strength back,
0: mm-hmm. which is,
1: you know, we're all stronger if we go at this together. Like what a beautiful capstone to the deeper themes of this episode.
0: Yeah, it's just love as as a powerful and transformative force is a thing I am always here for. And if not love, then just, you know, decency and kindness, but you know, that I always feel like that should come from a place of love. Co loves his Ko loves his team, and they love him, and that makes him stronger than any monster, and that's uh Sentai as hell.
1: Yes. Uh, one more thing on a much, much lighter note. I adore the joke that, like, the blinding is happening, and because Weisel has a visor over his eyes, because of his hypnosis powers, he just, he can't tell at first. And then he, and then like, lifts them up, and it's like, oh no! Like, that was, that was such a good joke.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, hats off to Yamoka Junpei for that moment. Because,
1: like the the visor is just this like trait that is like I forgot about it. I forgot that he's got that because yeah. he hasn't he just, done it's it. Like he's
0: tilting up his hat a little, and then you see his 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 glowy yellow eyes. He's just like ah, my eyes. <laughs> it's just oh hey, this sound is really unpleasant. Really, let me hear. Oh god, my ears. <laughs> <laughs> this tastes terrible. So really, let me try. Ah, oh. <laughs> it was just... so good. Look, sometimes you just, you need a bad guy with no sense of, like, self-examination or imagination. Especially, like, it's especially good if they're a showman like Weisel and they just make a big stink about how great they are. And then they just do something that kind of dumb.
1: Like, look, I love that they're willing to commit to the bit. Yeah. I'm just gonna be real sad when Weisel gets
0: got because yeah okay he's a terrible monster who's trying to murder all of earth which i mean i want it on record i'm i'm not on that side
1: that's generally bad
0: yeah yeah not not here for it generally against the the murder of the human race that's not a thing i'm cool with that said that which is the weirdest like i don't want to support the genocide of humanity but He's just uh,
1: a fun villain. Yeah, he really is!
0: I'm gonna miss him when he dies!
1: Like, look, did... Did most of the villains die in Tokyo? Did, like, Nero and Noir die? No, I think they just... They went
0: down, like, when the shadow line just sank even deeper into the shadows. I think they just just, went with them.
1: Did they just leave? Because, like, that's fair. Because, like... I want villains like that again. And I feel like Weisel is the closest we've come.
0: Yeah. It's just damn Weisel's good. Anyway, um, from there we move on into predictions, and it's fun because we both caught on to a lot of the same stuff. But I'm going to let you go first, Sono.:
1: Okay. So, I am gonna get a little ahead of us, because some of this speculation does come from inferences from 27 and 28 also. Uh, but since there hasn't been an actual reveal, and I'm not going to specifically talk about things from those episodes, I'm gonna just lay down where my theory is on Nada. And that's that he's Geysorg.
0: Okay. Just come strong out the block. Alright.
1: I do fully believe that at some point, Bamba and Toa's master was Geysorg, though probably not during any of the time that we've seen him in these 26 episodes. Uh, But he was previously, and then was defeated and likely killed by Nada, who then took the Geysorg armor. Uh, He's still trying to make it seem as though Geysorg is Bamba and Toa's master, um, kind of as a cover and a red herring, especially since now he is facing everyone directly. Um, we do know that Nada once trained with Bamba they, for some amount of time, so it's likely that he knew Bamba's master and, you know, absorbed some of his wisdom. So he'd probably have knowledge of that line that Geyser drops to Toa a few episodes ago. Knowing that, especially knowing that Toa would relay it to Bamba to solidify that cover story that he's building for himself. Also, in this episode, specifically, the last time we see Nada before Geysorg shows up, he tells Ko to show him his strength. And then in that fight, Geysorg knocks away everyone else specifically to target Ko. So my my theory. As to how this is going to play out is Nada is actually mad that he didn't get to be Ryusoul Red, and has trained to, like, make himself stronger than Ko, but, you know, didn't do it for the right reasons. And through becoming Geysorg, he has been overtaken by the poison of power for power's sake, instead of power for kindness to protect people, and is now... Trying to rip Co out of the spot that he sees as rightfully his. Insert game theory joke here.
0: Okay, game theory. That's the joke and the punchline. Oh, game theory. They're just um. It's, what's that word?
1: Look, I I respect Matt Pat. I do not like the persona he uses in those videos.
0: No, I've I've watched a couple, and I'm just like I do not like them. Sam, I am.
1: Uh. There are even some of the videos that the co- the actual content of the video I like and think is very interesting, and I just hate the way it's presented. Mm. But I respect MatPat, but I'm gonna make a di- I'm making the gig- dig at game theory. That's- I'm committing to it.
0: I know nothing about MatPat except game theory. So, you know, shrug, whatever. But anyway, um I I wanted I just want to say I am on board with your theory, Sono, with the slight disagreement that I imagine our timeline is is going to be like you you say he's already Geysorg, I say he's going to become Org after Geysorg loses his current host when they have the big battle, like his first big battle with our heroes. Like, and, and in that case, he's also going to find, the armor will find someone much more willing slash eager to be a part of, of, of his deal, Uh, especially since, like, yeah, we have this guy who wants the title of being red without, you know, being a red, which, like you said, that's power for power's sake, that will make him a perfect candidate for guys org. And I just feel like the betrayal would work a lot better as a as a plot element, which isn't to say I think you're necessarily wrong or bad. This is just, you know, we're theorizing and this is just storytelling aesthetics. Um, But I'm I'm just sort of here to believe in the red herring because then we'd have a red herring that is red trying to be the truth. And that would make us have two things pretending to be reds. Which I guess only really happens if you're right. But anyway, I just I just wanted to make the joke about things that are red that are also pretending to be significant in their ways.
1: Like I know I said I wasn't gonna use any evidence that's kind of ahead of where we are, but there is a music sting in twenty eight that is really what solidified for me that I think he's already Geysorg. Oh well I'm
0: gonna have to go There's... rewatch Twenty Eight then.
1: There's a Witch. there's a moment at the you. end of twenty eight where they show him and there's a music sting, and it just I'm like, mm. but he's either I could go either way on it. I think either way would be yeah. really interesting actually. Uh, so if whichever one of us is right, I think they would both play out really well, and I trust the writers to do either of them justice.
0: Oh, big saying.
1: But one way or the other, Nada's doing some stuff in the background, and I think if he's not already Geysorg, and you're right, he definitely wants to be Geysorg.
0: Oh, a thousand percent.
1: Like, he definitely knows about it and wants it.
0: Yeah, which, you know, I'm not saying that's fine, but either way, this dude has had some shady nonsense, and I'm so excited to see where it goes. I'm mostly just curious if the betrayal has already happened or if it's coming. And either way, either way it's gonna be a great reveal on our heroes. Yeah it is. I'm just Ah <sighs> man, this show's good. I'm it so happy really that, is. that like Sentai and Ryder are just rocking our socks this time, this year. Yeah, we've
1: we've got two incredible shows going on right now.
0: But uh Lest we just sort of get off, get going on that, uh, do we have any final thoughts about these episodes other than, you know, real good?
1: Uh, they're just real good, and I'm real excited to talk about the next couple of episodes. Oh,
0: big same, big same. Uh, but until then, for Laser Knees and the rest of the TOOL Network, I'm Aleph.
1: And I'm Sona.
0: And don't get kicked by a horse and die.